to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the wonderful worship. You guys enjoy yourself in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. I'm actually very excited because uh, you can see it's getting bigger. Yep. Okay. So for some of you who are still asking me, is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. <laughs> Just want to clear it off because every week I get the same question. Is it a boy or a girl? Yes. Uh, praise God. A healthy girl. And uh, yes, I'm actually in my, wow, eight months, it really, wow, what a journey, right? You know, so as this whole entire, um, you know, process of, you know, um, getting ready for the little one to come out, so there's a lot of handing over of work and, you know, so that I'll get well rested, uh, spending time with my newborn. And uh, as I was preparing um, for, you know, church work to be handover, um, I'm also preparing some of my clinical work to be taken over by my partner as well. So when I was going through them, and uh, when going through some of their case notes, and then remembering how they started out, how they journey, I must say I'm very proud of them. Because, you know, they came in battling with a lot of um, different mental health. Yeah. And uh, some of you who do not know, I'm actually a clinical counsellor. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so they were battling with mental health, uh, some of battling with diagnosed um, anxious, panic attacks, uh, some of them with depression, and and uh, I was so amazed how they have come through so far, because before I usually start uh, to do my session, I usually pray for them first, and I noticed that half of my clients are actually Christians, okay, um, and, you know, uh, the beautiful thing about being in the faith is that, you know, we get to anchor them to see God. And that's the joy of, you know, journeying through people who are suffering emotionally and uh, seeing them coming out from their depression into victory. So today, uh, I'm going to talk about overcoming anxiety. Because, you know, you don't have to be fully diagnosed as an uh, anxiety disorder. All of us go through anxiety for certain reasons, yeah? And uh, sometimes, you know, our heart beat fast, irregular, we breathe fast, uh, heavily tense muscle, we get dizzy. Especially when we are taken aback, a shock. When we are in shock, right? So, some of the physical aspects of our body starts to react. Then, the next step comes in. Our mental mind got blocked and then after that, we start to become snappy, irrational, you know. If you look at your neighbor, just assure them it's not you, don't worry, okay. So, yeah, you know, just do that. Uh, sometimes, uh, it escalates so fast um, that, uh, you know, when it escalates so fast that you do not know that, hey, actually it happened to me. Anxiety is really taking place. And the... You know, being a practitioner, sometimes I also feel a bit worried as well. Yeah, I do have 
uh, moments of anxiety myself. I mean, let's be real. Anxiety is also a feeling as well, right? It, it just snacks us. And the thing is that, you know, like earlier on I mentioned, you don't have to become a diagnosed patient to be able to experience anxiety. We experience almost all the time. But today, I have good news for all of us that we have a powerful God that can help us overcome anxiety. You see, anxiety is a diagnosable mental health disorder. It ranges from severity, okay? Uh, from the diagnosis of statistic, statistic, I cannot talk properly, so need prayer. Manual mental disorder, DSM-5, which is our, some of you who are practitioners, who knows that that is our, go-to handbook, yeah, to look for symptoms that are strong enough. Um, and these kind of symptoms, right, does interfere daily, uh, the person's daily life. Sometimes they get uh, PTSD. Sometimes they get even simple things like general anxiety disorder. So what is general anxiety disorder? It's really very general. Sometimes we over-worry, overthink, over this and over that, right? Those are categorized under the general anxiety disorder, one of the lowest. And then we've got panic disorder when things doesn't go well already, you know, and they started to breathe very hard. These do cause um, death. And then we have uh, anxiety-related syndrome, like OCD, uh, social anxiety, so on and so forth. So those are slightly on the higher uh, aspect. Yep. The good news is it's treatable. Okay? It's treatable. Depending on the spectrum, it is treatable. Now, you don't have to go all the way to being hospitalized for a psychiatric disorder. Okay? That's when you are in a very severe case. But despite being highly treatable, um, anxiety is on the rise. You know, I was looking at my records, I'm like, oh my goodness, I, it's actually, I do have a lot of cases that has um, anxiety. And you know what? As much as it is treatable, today I want to share with you that you can help your friends who are going through anxiety. And you can help yourself who is going through anxiety. And today, this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, if you notice, uh, I've been talking about Thriving Hope, the previous uh, message. I'm going to do a mental health awareness on, from the biblical aspect. And we're going to go into a series as well. Yeah, So, you know, you can take this sermon of its own and bless somebody who needs it. You can also use this sermon for yourself, you know, to be edified by it. So today's message, Overcoming Anxiety, and the core message is that we can overcome anxiety by putting God first, trusting Him for all our needs. It's taken from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. If you have your Bibles with you, let's swipe them a little. Yep. All right. Thank you. So he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is it not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. 
nor gather into bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies in the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of this. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need them all. But first, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, its own trouble. Let's pray. Lord, as we commit this time into your hands, Lord, Lord, we just pray that your word will speak to each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, you just, uh, we pray that you will not just edify us, but you will teach us how to edify others as well, Lord. So, Lord, as we pray for ourselves to open our ears and open our eyes to hear your word and see your word, Lord, Lord, captivate our hearts, Lord. Lord, anoint me as I speak, Lord. Lord, I speak with clarity for um, others to understand your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So first of all, I would like to ask you this question. Okay. What is the opposite of anxiety? What's the opposite of anxiety? Don't be shy. Now can talk, right? Yeah, if you are at home, feel free to try. What is the opposite of anxiety? Confidence? What else? What else? Well, peace. What else? Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Assurance. You know, these are really, really good. These are the outcome of the opposite of anxiety. Do you know, actually, the opposite of anxiety is trust? The opposite of anxiety is trust. Because when you trust, then you will reap peace, you will reap confidence, you will reap assurance, you will reap freedom. And all this can be found where the scripture tells us that these are the promises that we will get. Now, when, when, we, when we step into that trust, okay? Now, next question is, why do we struggle with trust? We all struggle with trust, right? I do struggle with trust. You guys struggle with trust? Yeah, me too, you know? Yeah, so some of us struggle with trust. And, you know, we, we, we struggle with trusting people. We struggle sometimes with trusting God. We struggle sometimes with even trusting ourselves or trusting that tomorrow will be okay. We always doubt. You know, we tend to struggle with trust and that is a cause of anxiety because we don't trust. And then we worry. 
worry where can we solve a problem, how to solve the problem. And then when we have this problem, we do not know where to put. And when we do not know where to put, what happened to us? We start to panic. We start to get tense up. We start to get a bit paranoid what to do. And then anxiety starts to develop in each and every one of us. Yeah? Let's stop for a moment and think, okay? The impact of anxiety in our lives. Let's reflect back. Do you know that anxiety, okay, do cause us to sin? Let's look at it. Okay, anxiety about finance. For example, okay, some people who are worried or have anxiety about finances, you know, it can lead to coveting, greed, hoarding, or sometimes even stealing. Why? Because they trust, they, they, they can't trust that they have enough or sufficient, so they need to take more. And he will take more. Sometimes, you know, we are anxious about our success. Whether we can climb the ladder, whether we can have, uh, 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 for example, uh, enough, uh, the proper response from our bosses or, you know, our clients. Can we reach our KPI? We have anxiousness about all these. And then, when we get anxious, we become illogical. So, we end up backstabbing others, lying, cheating. These are, the, these are the symptoms and these are the actions of why on, on how we actually uh, become anxious and it leads us to sin. The scripture that tells us do not cover, right? I remember um, there was one time Okay, so currently Scott and I are going through a renovation process for our new house. Praise God. And uh, it is also another exciting journey. But it did not start um, very exciting at first, okay? Uh, you know, when we sold our house, okay, uh, when we plan to buy a bigger place, uh, we know that we need to have a sufficient finance or more than sufficient finance. And then we know that we're going to have a major overhaul with the new place. And, you know, thoughts like this start to come in. So, oh no, where do I, where do I get the money from? How do I get uh, sufficient finance? So, when, uh, before we sold our house, there was this negotiation, like, you know, like, okay, this is, this is the amount I offer. How much can you offer? And then, you know, um, uh, Scott was like, hey, why don't we do this? Like, you know, let's, uh, let's just set with this price and whoever offers this price will just sell. And in my mind, right, I was worried, you know. I was like full of anxiousness. I was like, is it enough or not? Because we're going to buy a bigger place, you know. It's not going to be cheap. We're going to have a major overhaul and it's not going to be cheap. And, you know, next minute I knew because it escalated so fast. Okay, I become very, very snappy. Yeah. Uh, I become very irritable. I was like, no, you know, I want higher. I become, I become very uh, unreasonable. So my mother-in-law who was working in a property agent actually explained to me, you know, actually this is a very, very good price. Okay, what they offer is more, uh, slightly uh, more than half of what we actually bought. So it's actually quite a lot. We bought it at a, quite a good price. And the person who bought from us actually offered two times higher. And we were like, by now, if I look back, I was like, wow. But at that point of time, I wasn't looking at God's blessing, you know. What did I look? I, I was looking at, oh my goodness, do we, do we, have, do we have more? 
let's ask for more. So I was coveting more. And this poor young couple was like, you know, let's just stick with this. And I was like, no, let's not close this, you know. Let's go wait for bigger deals and things like that. And I become very uh, surly at Scott. I become very irritatable. And uh, this happened because I was anxious about my finance. I was very anxious. I became unreasonable about the price. I became unreasonable about, uh, you know, in my speech. And I become indifferent, very uncaring towards the people around me because I didn't get what I want. So when I don't get what I want, um, my anxiousness are not met. And then I started to act in sinful nature. I wanted to covet more. Yeah, I wanted to uh, be mean to other people because people are not nice to me. That is why Jesus warns us in uh, Matthew chapter 6, if you go to 25 onwards, He warns us four times. He warns us four times. In this text, not to be anxious. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be, do not be anxious about your life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Which of you by being anxious can add one cubit to his span of life? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says, Therefore do not be anxious. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34 says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. Jesus repeated again and again and again in his very, very short span of passage. When somebody repeats again and again and again, right? It's very naggy, right? It means you're not listening, you know? Yeah. And you know, when I read this, it's quite uh, interesting to see how, you know, Jesus is trying to tell us that he wants us not to be anxious so that we will not fall into sin. Jesus shared truth in Matthew chapter 6. Yeah, let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is it not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap or gather into barns. Yet our heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Are you not more valuable than they? Jesus wants you to know that you are way more valuable than the birds in the air. And he, if he can care for something or a creature that small, how much more he'll care for you? Do you know that the birds of the air are not made in His image? We are. That's how much love He put in each and every one of us. He's trying to tell us, look, if I can care for them, how much more I can care for you. I have the power to provide your every single need. I feed them. Have you ever seen birds changing clothes? No, right? Have you ever seen bird worried about no, no food? You don't, right? You know, when you look at the birds in there, some, 
have you ever appreciated birds? I'm like, wow, they're so carefree. I do, you know. When I look at them, I'm like, wow, this is so pretty. Look at their feathers. So amazing, so beautiful. And um, yeah, it made me, made me admire them. How God cared for them. Gave them the fishes in the sea. Gave them bugs in the trees. And you know what? They just live life so carefree. Do you want to live a life that's so carefree? then you have to trust that God can provide your every need because you are available. Now, I just want us to look at trust because never underestimate the power of trust. This is what happens when you trust, all right? When you trust a person, okay, you are telling yourself, you are assuring yourself that whoever it is or whatever it is, okay, got you covered. For example, do you trust on the chair that you're sitting today? Yes, you do. Do you trust, okay, that your boss will give you your salary for tomorrow, uh, for at the end of the month? You do. Do you trust that later, when you go out, you will have food? You do, right? You trust because you know that something is provided for, or something is very assured. You're very, very certain. And your mind tells you that it's okay. Your day is going to be well. Now, I want you to look at the person whom you trust the most. Why do you trust a person? Why do you trust a person? You trust a person because a person can, you know, help you. Correct? Will you trust a person who cannot help you? Yeah, I also won't trust. I mean, honestly, I won't trust a person who can't help me, right? Let's be honest with ourselves. That's why we don't trust. We find a challenge to trust somebody who, you know, who can't help us. We might as well just do it ourselves. Sometimes we can't even trust ourselves, right? We trust somebody who can help us. God has the power to help. God has the power to help. He can and he's able and he wants to help you because he cares for you. And that breakthrough happened for me personally. After a while, you know, um, not trusting, you know, that yeah, I might not have uh, sufficient finance for the new place, the renovation, and then I decided to say, okay, it's going on for too long. I'll just trust God. It takes a step of faith to really step and trust God that He will provide my needs. At that point of time, I didn't think that He will provide my needs. At that point of time, I said, okay, whatever it is, you know, God will bless. And then I started to um, trust Him. The first thing I experienced was freedom. I haven't read my blessing yet, but the first thing I experienced was freedom. I was so relaxed. When you have a problem and you say, don't worry, that person will come and fix it for me, what's the first emotion that you have? You feel relaxed, right? That was the same exact feeling I had and God placed in my heart. And then, 
what unravel next was really, really amazing. Okay, the moment I decided to trust God and He'll provide for my finance and you know the, for the new house and the renovation and everything. Um, yeah, so we decided to sell the house at the initial agreed price and when we did that, it was so amazing. We managed to find a house, uh, to purchase a house uh, below cash over evaluation. We don't have a fuck a single cent. Yeah, it's way below evaluation, meaning that, you know, um, everything comes from whatever that's transferred from this house over to the other house and we have surplus. Yeah. And uh, so having said that, our cash check from HDB came to us. You know, when you go to HDB, you need a sign and they give you a check. And, we looked at, and then I saw the check. I was like, oh my goodness, God, you're so amazing. It's exactly the amount that we were thinking for renovation. It was so amazing that God provided the need that I was worried about. I could have done that earlier, right? I could have done that earlier. Then I don't have to be so worried. But you know what? Sometimes anxiousness snacked us so fast. We have to consciously tell ourselves to trust God. If you find hard to trust God, don't worry. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. You know, Jesus liked to prove to you that He's able, by letting us look at His creation, He reveals His power to His creation. And then He tells you how much more valuable you are to Him. So trust God because He cares for each and every one of us. After you trust God, when you trust God, it talks about the mind. Yeah, it, when you talk about trust God, it's about the mind. After you have set your mind, you need to do an action. That action is committing it to God. The action is the one that proves to you or tests how much you trust a person, how much you trust God. And when you commit that into God's hand, you will reap an answer. Yeah, when you reap an answer, you have this feeling of like, okay, so this person can be trusted. You know, when you do a try and test thing, okay, when you hear news first, right? Okay, when you hear that, oh, this product is good. Or when you hear that, hey, you know, um, I can trust this person. Now, you need to test whether this person can be trusted, right? So what you do is that you give your problems to the person. If the person can do it, then you will let go. If the person can't, then you take back the issue. Correct? Now, God has that power to do it, to provide your needs. He has proven to people, He has proven to us, He's proven in our life that He is able to meet your needs. Now, what we need to do is, first we set our mind by trusting Him. Then we need to commit because if we don't commit, we are telling ourselves that I don't trust Him enough. So we need to commit. So we commit is an action that establish our mindset. You know, Christian Chong said this. Okay, he said this. Um, I know it's not on the slides, but I'm going to let you know that he said this and it struck me quite, I find it quite, um, I like this illustration, it's quite nice. He says, worry is like a rocking chair. No matter how much you rock, 
it will get you nowhere. Have you sat on a rocking chair? If you're not, if you have not, you can go to IKEA and just try it out, you know? You try to get somewhere. You just rock. It's fun, ah, you know? Sometimes, sometimes anxiousness can be quite addictive, you know? Right? Then you get worried and then you spiral into your worry. And then after that, a while later that you realize, oh no, I'm in a disease. That I need psychiatric help, I need medication. Yeah, we need to get out from that rocking chair. We need to get out and step out. This is what Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. He says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour in the span of life? Which of you can add a single hour to his span of life? When you worry or when you have anxiety, you still have your 24 hours. Correct? When you are anxious about a situation, the problem doesn't go away. It's still there unless you give it to someone who's able to fix that problem, who's able to meet, meet the needs of that issue. Let's face the reality of it. 90% of the time, the problem we face are usually out of our control. Right? I can't control health. I can take care of my health. But whatever happens inside, I cannot control it. Right? I cannot control the economy. The price will go up, the price will go down. I can't control them. I can't control the weather. I like to have a nice breezy weather because when I get upset, when I get, uh, I get uh, anxious, you know, it'd be so nice to just stand outside and let the wind just blow and, you know, hopefully it'll blow it away. But, no, I can't control the weather. So when you are being anxious, all right, it doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem. You'll be in that rocking chair. You'll rock. And it get you nowhere. It will get you somewhere when you trust and you commit. And the problem will be solved. And this is what Jesus said to us. When you are anxious, can you add a single hour in your life? We can't. One thing I teach about my clients, okay, when they're facing anxiousness, is that, uh, is to do a perspective shift. So what, it's in this uh, perspective shift. It's a therapeutic process uh, called the, th uh, called the uh, perspective shift. And when somebody's anxious, right, they always have this tunnel vision. Okay? You don't have to be a diagnosed patient to have that. Sometimes when you get anxious, you only see a certain thing. Correct? Don't lie lah. I also do that. Yeah? So we only see a certain thing. I only see on a certain... certain a uh, certain perspective that I want to see. And often what do we see? We see negativity. Right? Oftentimes we see, we see negativity because we are anxious. We always see that, I cannot. Oh no, it's going to get me into more trouble. Nobody's going to help me. Oh no. We always see the negativity. So what does this perspective shift is? Is to widen up that tunnel. 
So we are trying to tell the person that, yes, there are negativity, but there are also possibilities. There are negativity, we are not going to deny that, but there are also positivities and possibilities. So when they start to open that vision, when they start to shift from the negative tunnel vision to positivity, then they'll be able to say that, okay, now I have this help. I have that person. Oh, I have this ability. I have this strength. And as Christians, we have the privilege and the honour to have God helping us. And He's 100% assured that He will help you and He has the power to help you. He can provide the people to help you. He can provide the blessings and the miracles you need for your life. There are limitations that we can't do. Yeah, we, 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 can, we can only solve certain issues, but sometimes things beyond that, we can't. But God can because He is in control. Look at this at Matthew chapter 6, verse 28 to 31. Okay, it says that, Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they're neither tall nor spin. It's so amazing. Have you ever seen a lily with a brain who knows how to work for themselves? No, they don't, right? So amazing how God actually has that power to let them bloom so beautifully. And then he went on, Yet I tell you, even Solomon, Solomon the wisest man we ever known on earth, in all his glory, he was rich and, you know, was not arrayed like one of these. Goes on. But if God so clothed the grass of the field which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more he will clothe you, O you little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. The Gentiles do not have God who could provide all their needs, who solve all their problems, who could be their comforter, who could, who could assure them. They don't have God. But we have God. They depend on themselves on others who have limitations. That's why they always worry. They will worry whether they have enough finance. They worry whether, you know, tomorrow will be a better day. They worry whether tomorrow their clients will reply them with a positive, a positive answer or the answer that they want. They worry. But God is trying to tell us that, you know what? Look at the flowers. Look at the grass. I care for them. How much more I will also care for you. Look at how beautiful they are. So what should we do? What should we do? Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Yeah, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let's read that last line again, okay? Present your request to God. 
what does it imply? It implies committing your problems to God, committing your anxiousness to God, committing things that you cannot control, even if you can control them, committing them to God. Commit it to God. Because each time when an unexpected problem arises, you know that there is someone great, there is someone great who can fulfill your needs, who can help you whenever you're in trouble. So what do you do? You commit it to God. I usually tell my clients, you know, how to know that when, uh, you start to have anxiousness is that physically you will have uh, difficult breathing. Yeah, On top of having difficulty uh, breathing, sometimes you get tense muscles. Different people will react very differently. Yeah, Different people will react very differently. Some people pace a lot. Some people talk a lot. I do not know how they do that, but some people do talk a lot. Yeah, And, you know, if your friends do that, the only way to calm them down, if they are Christians and you know that, that God can help them, tell them to commit to God. If your friends have not known Christ, you can also tell them that they can commit their problems to God. Because God loves all of us. All of us. When I get um, anxious, okay, I'm also not free from anxiousness, okay? When I get anxious, uh, what I do is that I do feel that my heartbeat gets a bit fast. Yeah? That's my, that's my uh, telltale signs that my body's telling me that, okay, I'm getting a bit worried. Anxious is building up. So my heartbeat will get fast and the muscles start to get tensed up. And uh, the next step I know that's going to hit me is whoever comes near me, okay, I will be very um, irrational with them. Yeah? I'll be very indifferent with them. So before I get there, all right, I was aware what's going on in my body. So when I do that, right, what I usually do is that I learned this many, many times. You need to practice many, many times, okay? I do this. I'll go to a corner. And then I'll start to pray. I'll do a very, very quick prayer. I say, God, I'm feeling very anxious right now. God, I do not know how to solve this problem. God, give me wisdom. Tell me what to do. Take my problem. God, take this feeling away. I was committing my issues to God. I was committing my problems to God. I was in that prayer and that petition in giving my issues. All of us has the power to do that. All of us have the, that, that opportunity, that relationship with God that we can come before Him and commit the problems with God. That is the action to trust. That is an action to trust. And when you do that, you'll realize that, you know, peace will come and sit within you. Peace will come and sit. So instead of dwelling in my own problems, okay, allowing the anxiety to grow in me, I commit them to God and it frees my mind. I want, I'm able to think properly. I'm able to think logically. I'm able to resolve issues amicably instead of allowing to act 
sinfully, I was able to act in a way that glorifies God, that honors Him. Now, after you have committed your problems to God, the next thing we need to do, all right, is to claim God's promise of provision. We need to claim. So first, you set your mind by trusting. Secondly, what do we do? Secondly, what do we do? We commit. It's an action, right? So if an action, and when God proves that He is able to help you because He can and He wants to, now what's the next thing? You need to claim that promise. When you claim, you are doing what I love to say, Singaporean stand of saying, chops them confirm that He is able to do it. You are assuring yourself Seal, deal, tried and tested that God is able to provide for you, to meet your needs. So you are claiming God's promise of provision. When you claim God's provision of our life, okay, God doesn't just stop there. He will keep blessing you again and again and again. And each time you keep claiming, okay, you are telling yourself, that He is your Jehovah Jireh. You're telling yourself He is your provider. Whenever issues that pops up along the way, you're able to overcome them because He's proven Himself and tested. We have tested Him and proven. We have tasted and see that He is good. Amen? Tested and see that He's good. Sometimes when you're anxious, right, go back and reflect about what God has done in your life. And then you commit and claim. Don't just commit and then walk away. Because the devil will come and play with your mind and tell you, see, the problems do not solve right. Claim God's promises. It's like a seal. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 records this. Okay, but first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Isn't it a wonderful promise that all these things can be added to you? Your clothes, your food, your shelter, favour, whatever you need will be added to you. Sometimes you don't even know that you need them, God will provide for you before you know it. It comes so naturally, we don't even know that God has blessed us. That's why we, that's why we encourage everybody, count your blessings. Because sometimes we might miss some things that God has blessed us. The thing about not claiming God's promise and provision is that we, we need to claim something, right? So if you don't claim something that is good, what do we use to claim? We tend to claim things that are negative. That's why we end up with a ton of vision. We tend to claim negativity over our life and then we end up expecting them. So when you claim something that is bad, you expect something bad. If you claim something that is positive, something that is good, such as God's blessing over your life, which is promised to us, and He will give us according to our needs, you will be able to see God's blessing. Because if we don't do that, we get blinded by negativity that stops us to see God's goodness in our life. So when we see God's goodness in our life, God's blessings in our life, it helps us to focus in doing other things. 
it says, first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When you know that all this is given to you, you won't worry about tomorrow. You won't worry about the clothes. You won't worry about the food. You won't worry about your finance because you know God will provide. So instead of seeking all these things, what do you do? You seek God. You seek His kingdom and His righteousness. And what does it mean to first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness? It's to pursue beyond earthly measures. Such as the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. You're pursuing this. We are pursuing love, we are pursuing joy, we are pursuing peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. We are also pursuing a life that honours God. We are also pursuing life that brings good news to others. Expanding the kingdom of God so that others will come to know Him and His goodness and His love for them. When we pursue all this, like I said, we'll, start, we'll stop pursuing our clothes. we start pursuing food. we stop pursuing fame. We will stop pursuing success because He will bless us according to our needs. He will provide them all. As a Christian, I want all of us to really take note that it is important to pursue the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Things that are not of the world. Because if you don't pursue them, others will look at you and say, what's the difference between you and I? Because you're also pursuing, because if you don't pursue these things, what will you pursue? We're always pursuing something, right? If you don't pursue this, what do you pursue? You pursue things of the world. You pursue temporal things. And then when you start to pursue temporal things, as not, uh, you find very hard to fulfill all those needs, that quota, that KPI, that success, that financial fulfillment, we start to get anxious. And we start to get anxious. And then we start to become snappy. We start to become angry. We start to become irritable. And then they start to look at our life. How are we different from those who are caught, who are believers, who are in Christ? Christ promised us victory. So let us all seek His promises. Let us all seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That sets us apart. That helps us to show His glory in our life, His blessings. We become that beacon of light so that others will also want to be in that same blessing as we have. They want Christ in their life because through us, they see God has the power to meet all our needs. And God will also have the power to meet their needs. So claim your promises. When you claim your promises, you'll be able to see goodness and blessings in your life. So church, let us claim. Let us claim. The last one that I would like to share with you. After claiming, you need to rest. So you set your mind, you put it in action, you seal it. Now what do you do? You enjoy. You enjoy. Yeah. Rest in God's care. Yeah. Rest in God's care. 
the beauty about resting, right, it's like a cherry on the, on the ice cream. Yeah? You have, you just enjoy. Or like a cup of tea. You know, when there's chaos all around, you just enjoy. To overcome anxiety is to rest in his care. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, its own trouble. Anxiety, right, often shows up when we least expect it. Right? It often happens when we are very, 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 very busy. When we are busy with 101 things, especially people like me who cannot multitask, anxiousness tends to pop out somewhere and say, oh, look, there's a problem. You need to solve that problem. Anxiousness always comes. But when you know that there is a powerful God who can meet your needs, when you have experienced that, you commit it to God, and then you claim His promises, what do I do next? Is to rest and tell myself, it's okay. God got it covered. I just rest. Because God promises that He cares for us and He'll provide every single need. You know, it's like Jesus telling us, you know, when I was reading this, you know, and then Jesus telling you, do not be anxious, do not be anxious, do not be anxious, do not be anxious. You know, it's like, you know, like, God, I get it, I get it, I get it, you know. You're telling me not to be anxious. Have you ever read the scripture like this? Like, you know, like, God is scolding us endearingly. When I read this passage, right, I'd be like, God, stop nagging at me already. I know, I know. But sometimes, right, you know, but you don't act upon it. Have you ever realized, you know, sometimes when you give advice to the person and the person says, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Then you look at them and they're like, they're, like, they're not doing anything about it. It frustrates you, right? I can imagine how frustrated Jesus might be, okay? Maybe Jesus doesn't feel frustrated. He's just being very patient with us. But if it's me, I feel very frustrated, you know? It's like, you know, I'm telling you again and again and again and again and again, you still don't listen. I do not know. This is how I see the scripture. And I, I realize it's quite funny because maybe I read it from my perspective and my eyes that, you know, wow, I'm, I'm not listening. That's why God has to tell me again and again and again and again. God wants us to rest in Him because He cares. Keep telling us that He cares for us. Look at the birds, look at the flowers, look at the grass. Look at, look at all of this. Not enough, look at the, your friends who is so chill. Look at your friends who is so zen and, you know, just trusting in me. Look at them, look at God's creation. How, how much more will I care for you? You're so valuable to me. And then he said this, I really love this part, you know, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow, be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, sometimes we are very odd, we are just weird people. Sometimes, right, we will go and our days are not over. We started to think about the problems of tomorrow. And then we started to think about the problems about next week, next year. Yeah? We start to worry. You know what Jesus is trying to tell us? Don't worry about tomorrow. I got you covered. Don't worry. Tomorrow's problem, let it be tomorrow. Let it be tomorrow. 
we often do that, okay? We often do that. Like, today's day is not done, right? Then we start to think about, hey, what, what are we going to have for tomorrow? And, and, the, and the funny thing is that, you know, the world teaches us what ifs. What if something bad happened tomorrow? What if it rains tomorrow? What if, you know, there's an accident tomorrow? Be prepared for tomorrow. And then your heart starts to be anxious because you cannot control what's going to happen tomorrow. It starts to worry. Jesus tells us, don't worry. Do not be anxious. Uh, I remember uh, Scott and I used to have this uh, game that we like to chit-chat after uh, our kids fall asleep. We always talk about what ifs. Yeah. So we talk questions about like, you know, what if I resign and uh, work at a gaming company? Then after that, he start to worry. He said, oh no, no, the gaming company now in Singapore not very good. Yeah. And then, then, you know, we start to worry. Or for example, like, what if I go back to teaching? Then I'll start to worry. Oh no, if I'm, I'm answering God's call accordingly. And then all this starts to, all this unnecessary anxiousness starts building up. And then you look into the scripture and Jesus says, why you do that to yourself? Right? When you start to worry, right? Tell yourself, why you do that to yourself? Jesus wants you to be free. Don't, un- don't, don't build unnecessary anxiousness in yourself. Come and rest. Chill out like me. I'm patient. Enjoy. Yeah? Enjoy. After a while, right? You know, about 10, 5, 10 minutes in, wow, both of us get very tired. Say, okay, 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 we need to stop, we need to stop. We told ourselves, we need to stop because in God, there's no what ifs. In God, there's no what if. Everything is met according to His purpose. Yeah? And, and so when we, when we start to be like, wow, it's so relieving to just don't think and don't worry about tomorrow, about our future. And I just want to encourage all of us that we know right from the start of the passage all the way to the end of the passage, God wants us to rest in Him. When you rest, you are able to experience that peace, that confidence. You're able to hear God clearly. You're able to enjoy, enjoy the blessings of God among the chaos. You see, Jesus slept in the boat when there was storm all over the place. He was resting and invites you to rest with him. That's why he asks us. He tells us, he didn't even ask us, he tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. Because it's a very human tendency for us to worry about tomorrow. As I uh, share this last story, and I invite the worship team to come back up here, I remembered uh, that it happened a few years ago. Uh, Scott and I attended my ex-students' uh, birthday party. And it was this very, very lavish uh, birthday party. Very, 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 very lavish. Uh, there are lots of kids, highly decorated. Uh, there were, you know, the, the kids have their kids' corner. The adults were just drinking uh, enjoying their fine dine. I mean, he cooked his own uh, fine dine and he was enjoying, you know, 
wine and there was cheese and there was like, you know, it was just, it was just um, very, very lavish. Very, very lavish. And we got invited and we were just sitting with the adults while the kids were all playing around. And we were just listening to their conversation. So as we were listening to their conversation, right, uh, both of us were very quiet, okay? Usually, I'll engage in a conversation, ask how's your child, uh, how's your job. But in that conversation, there was no room for me to just talk about it. I was just listening. I remember Scott was also just listening. And, you know, they were talking about... Um, they were not worried about money. They're, they're financially very, very, very stable, okay? But their worries were very different. Their worries were that they were very anxious whether their kids are able to enter a specific university. They, are, they were anxious if their kids can do well, whether their kids need psychological help. And, uh, and uh, you know, like even things like assets as well, they were thinking about that. They worry about all these things like, oh, you know, I must split the assets so my children will be happy, so that my, uh, they will not fight with one another. And then as they were talking about all these worries that they have, yeah, he see that, you know, all of them agreeing with one another. They're like feeding on each other's anxiousness. Yeah, me too, me too, you know. Yeah, I do not know whether, you know, I can go to this school. If not, then, you know, we'll go to uh, another school that is... I will go to U.S., uh, you know, maybe... They, they, when they talk about schools, right, it's not like... Yeah, it's, it's schools like Harvard. Let, let's, let's send them to Harvard if they cannot make it in NUS or they cannot make it here. Let's send them somewhere else. It's all those very niche schools. And, and these kids were... These kids were lower primary. You know what they were doing? They were running all over the place, playing guns, water guns, and balloons. They're like, ah, running around. Okay, my parents are just worrying. Well, it's okay. I don't care what they're doing. But ah, just having fun. You know, that kind of thing. And I saw these two contrasts. And at the end of the party, right, Scott and I just sat in the car and we had a breather, you know. You know, it was so heavy. It's such a lavish party, birthday party. But yet, we felt so heavy. We went to the car and two of us just take a deep breath. Wow. At first, we started to think, yeah, maybe uh, we should plan for our financial needs so that we don't have to worry about our kids' future. Then as we thought about it, then we realised, why are we not worrying? Uh? Why we don't feel anxious about our future? I can conclude this, that because we were resting in God's care, we know that God can provide our every needs. We know that God has been there for us. Now, in our future, we were resting. That's why we we're not anxious about our financial needs. We're not anxious about our children's future. We are not anxious. If anything happens along the way, we know that we can commit it to God because He cares and He can meet all our needs. And I want each and every one of us to trust. Trust 
that he cares for you. Trust that he provides your needs because he cares for you. And then commit your problems to God. Commit it to him. That's how we overcome every anxiousness that comes along the way. And claim his promises in our life. And rest in him. Let's all stand. Let us all come before the Lord and you know, just, just come before the Lord. And I'll leave you with this. Know that God loves you so much. He loves you too much to be overwhelmed by the stresses of the world. He knows that there are problems in this world that you cannot resolve. But He can. And He will. And today, you have come into the sanctuary feeling anxious about tomorrow, about later. I want to encourage you to trust God because He cares for you and He will meet your needs. After you have committed to God, claim His promises of providence. Thank you, Lord. Look at all the blessings He has blessed you with. He has done it, He'll do it again. chase after you, God. 
Lastly, let us rest. Rest in His care. God cares for us. Let us not worry about tomorrow. Let us not be anxious about next week. Let us not be anxious about future. He got you covered. Rest in His presence. Lord, as we come into your presence, Lord, Lord, we just want to thank you that you care for us, Lord. Lord, as we trust in you, Lord. Lord, we just want to commit our problems into your hands, Lord. Lord, we just want to claim your promises to help us be so assured and confident in our walk with you, Lord. And Lord, that every word we speak, we speak with full confidence that you will always be there for us, Lord. And Lord, as we do that, help us to rest in the midst of our chaos, Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you that only you can provide all our needs, Lord. And Lord, help us not forget that. Let us set our eyes on you and look to you whenever we need help. And I just want to thank you that because of you, we can overcome our anxiety. Because of you, we can face many trials because you will meet the needs of our trouble. To pass this time to the worship leader, I just want all of us to continue to be in that presence and just worship.